Bonito. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I called him like I see something, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for the rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is... The Rundown Wrestling Podcast. It is the intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. I am your host, Troy. With me today, uh, back from a, a little bit of a hiatus, the host of WrestleMania Salvation, Sal, is here. Straight out of the ER, dude. What's going on? Nothing much. Glad to hear that you're on the road to recovery. Yeah, it's been a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> And with us, because we've got such a big event, we can't do it with just two people. Back for the second week, our new co-host, Ginger, is here. From the boonies, live and in person. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, um, we're going to start off the episode today on a bit of a down note, but then we've got a lot of things to talk about, because we had some sad news this week. Um, we lost two people of the wrestling world. Uh, the first one... Maybe not synonymous with the wrestling world, but definitely one that was a part of it. Luke Perry uh, passed away at the age of 52 on the 4th. Um, Luke was somebody that uh, has been a wrestling fan for a long time. Uh, he did actually appear on an episode of SmackDown in 2006, an episode of Raw in 2007, and was on SummerSlam in 2009. Um, and of course, he is the father of AEW's own Jungle Boy, Nate Coy. Um, so thankfully Luke was able to watch his son work as well as get, uh, get a gig with AEW. Uh, obviously wasn't, didn't survive long enough to see him work AEW, but obviously very, very proud father. Uh, but yeah, Luke Perry suffered a stroke, uh, at the end of February and then died a week later. Um, so we, uh, you know, we as the wrestling world mourned him. Uh, then, um, we wound up losing... Another member of the wrestling family, as King Kong Bundy passed away on the 4th at the age of 61. Um, now, we do not have a cause of death uh, on, on him, um, just that uh, one of his longtime friends announced that he had actually passed away. Uh, Bundy, of course, was a mainstay in WWE, as well as working many, many other promotions uh, during his time. Never won a championship in WWE, but was definitely a part uh, of it. Um, was uh, was a member of the Heenan family, uh, you know, a, a faction that last that was around for a long time. Um, kind of uh, was another one of those those big guys, but but definitely could go. Um, so again, you know, uh, sad news on both of them, and uh, we take a moment 
to give a ten bell salute to Luke Perry and King Kong Bundy. So do you guys have anything to say in terms of the of the two people that we we lost this week? Well, I I didn't know that um Luke Perry's son was involved in wrestling. That that's crazy. Uh yeah, you know, good for him. I'm I'm you know, I'm sure dad was really proud of him. It's amazing and sad that he left so early uh, at the age of 52. Uh, as far as King Kong Bundy, uh you know, always a face I think synonymous with wrestling. You know, you think about his appearance on Married with Children, which was hilarious. Uh, even uh, the the way he played up his character at WrestleMania 2, uh, I was always a fan. You know, I always found his antics outrageous, and especially with the five count, where he would beat somebody and then force the ref to count to five instead of three, which I thought was just a beautiful thing, especially for a heel. Uh, so yeah, it's it's sad sad that uh, we lost both of them this week. Yeah. And Ginger, um, to be hundred percent honest, uh, both complete devastating losses. Um, Luke Perry, to be hundred percent honest, uh, like Mister Sal, uh, I did not know his son was uh, in AEW, um, but at least he got to see his son perform. Um, unfortunately, not in AEW, but. I mean, unfortunately, it happened a lot sooner than they thought it would, and just it's just a shame, uh, complete loss right there. And then King Kong Bundy, man, personified heel, and he was such a legend in the business. Um, you know, he'll always be remembered. Um, again, back to Sal's point, uh, the five count full-blown heel move right there it was amazing uh and you know both those guys would be terribly missed uh, especially in the wrestling business for king kong bundy it's a definite loss yeah for sure um so yeah it uh you know like i said we were going to start off with something a little bit down but uh, you know we we want to obviously celebrate their lives and part of the way that we celebrate things is by talking about beautiful women so we have been doing uh, the WWE's hottest female talent tournament for three weeks now. Uh, this was the closing of the three weeks. We have 12 women already on to the next round. We have six more to join them. Uh, so this was a blockbuster week for us uh, as our tournament blew up. Um, so we started things off last week right after the show with Zelina Vega versus Sasha Banks. And... With a vote of 11, sorry, 111 to 79, Zelina Vega moves on. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Vega 
will actually be facing Stephanie McMahon in the second round now. Ooh, now that's... Talk about a contrast of styles right there. Yeah. Yeah, that one's going to be definitely interesting, to say the least. Um, the next matchup, with a score of 94 to 69. Huh. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> Casey Catanzaro defeats Ember Moon. Yeah. See, that one's a little bit surprising, but I feel like because of uh, that show she was on, like, what was she was on, American Ninja? Yeah. That's probably where, where a lot of that came from. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so, Casey will be facing Zaya Brookside, the only person who has gone undefeated so far in this, uh, because nobody voted against her in the first round. So, uh, should oh. be an interesting matchup there. Um, our matchup then on Saturday was Killer Kelly versus Bianca Belair. Um, so, of course, Jason quipped that he wondered if Bianca Belair would continue to be undefeated. And it's probably still going to be undefeated in her mind because Killer Kelly won 144 to 54. Uh, so, Killer Kelly will be facing Ruby Riot next round. <laughs> so, that, that should be interesting. Um, then we get to our matchup Sunday, which we all felt was going to be probably a foregone conclusion. Muddy Rose versus Sarah Logan. <sighs> so <sighs> I'm going to I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say this. Eighty three percent of the vote. <laughs> Hundred and forty eight to thirty. Maybe oh you Rose actually gave on. the numbers. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were thirty people out there that liked Sarah Logan over Mandy Rose. That's pretty good numbers, man. Also, yes. the entire this bears mentioning at this point, the entire tournament was a random draw. Yes. So Sarah just happened to get a really difficult first round matchup. Right, right. Uh, so Mandy Rose will be taking on uh, a favorite of Ginger's Dakota Kai in the next round. Mm. Um, so the speaking of uh, bad draws, our next matchup on Monday was Mickey James versus Asuka. Mm, bad and, draw. <laughs> and and this one here was was the closest matchup we had this week, um, with a score of one thirty two to one oh seven. That's right, the loser got more votes than Casey Catanzaro. Sorry, Casey. Mickey James moves on. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so Smart. We do, not, we do not know who Mickey will be facing next round yet. So we'll be we'll be getting that this week. And our final matchup Tuesday: Liv Morgan versus Maurice. Um, the, a lot of comments I saw um, on on Reddit as as well as you know within the host thread was, you know, uh, we're talking about today, we're not we're not talking about you know in in their prime, which I think Oscar is better today than Mickey James is right now, but whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> uh, let it go. <laughs> with a score of one thirteen to eighty four, Liv Morgan moves on. Can you blame people? No, no. Nah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Liv Morgan, also we're not sure on who she'll be facing. Uh, the other second-round matchups that we have set so far, Becky Lynch versus Bayley, uh, Alexa Bliss versus Tegan Knox, Tony Storm versus Nikki Bella, and Chelsea Green versus Carmella. So who else is going to join the 18 women so far that have moved on to our second round tonight? This week was troubling for me to try to pick up some some pictures of these people because 
Um, so, you know, certain women are very much in the limelight, and certain women love taking pictures of themselves. And love taking pictures of themselves very sexily, too. Other women tend not to do that as much, and it makes it very difficult for me to try to find pictures. Um, so, again, I do the best I can. And the first matchup tonight that you'll be able to vote on starting at 11.30 Central Time, Candice LeRae versus Jessamine Duke. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, you know, again, these are random draws, but these are the 64 women that are currently employed by the WWE, other than, uh, uh, what's her face? Um, <laughs> I'm already drunk. Eva Marie. Uh, Friday night. <laughs> um, Friday night, we'll see another member of the four horsewomen of the, um, UFC. Shayna Baszler takes on Naomi. Uh, Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, we start to get uh, real interesting because we will see Sonia Deville versus Tainara Conti. Ooh, that see now that is an interesting matchup. That's right. Mm-hmm. We're, don't don't worry, we're we're getting there because our our Tuesday one's kind of a blockbuster. Uh, but Sunday, we will see Isla Dawn versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> um, Monday... Does the loser get released from WWE? <laughs> <laughs> one could hope, but say but more on that in a little bit. Uh, Monday, we'll see Billy Kay versus MJ Jenkins. Okay. Uh, you know, sorry, MJ, but you're probably going to lose hands down on that one. <laughs> uh, beautiful woman, but Billy Kay is a star. And then Tuesday, Tuesday, a big matchup, at least in, in, in my eyes, Nikki Cross takes on Eva Marie. Uh, I'm not sure if the other voters will see it that way, but probably yeah. not, but I see it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so make sure to continue to come back to rundownwrestling.com every day of the week to get your votes in. Uh, we will close votings at 5 p.m. Central Time next Thursday before the rundown proper, and then do it again. Announce the next round matchups, or the next matchups in the first round. Um, so, from that we go from a tournament to crown a bunch of perfect tens as the rundown champion to... And we start off this week with a question. A question that's been plaguing my mind all week. And that is, how the fuck does Alicia Fox have a job? <clears throat> so we learned that our, that uh, that double A, Arn Anderson, was released because he let a visibly intoxicated Alicia Fox work a match. That's a big no-no, and I have no problem with him getting fired for that reason. Nope. Because that you're you're putting other people in danger by allowing that to happen. Absolutely. Uh, so then some rumors came out, and and all of this is going to be speculation, obviously, that Alicia Fox was then offered to go to uh, alcohol rehab, or to go to AA, and instead she ghosted them and disappeared. And then reports came out that that's what Alicia Fox does. She disappears for weeks on end, and then magically shows back up to work, and is apparently still somehow fucking employed. Let me tell you what hap- what happens if I suddenly don't show up to my job tomorrow and never return anybody's calls. I'm fired, man. I'm unemployed. And you're talking about a company that has had people do this very thing, and they never came back. Look at... Uh, Neville, for instance. Mm. 
Um, and there's been other people let a fire just because they've been in the vicinity of other people getting fired, like TJP. So how, <laughs> how is it? So, Ginger, please, please inform me. How does Elisa Fox have a job? That is a damn good question right there. Um, but to attempt to answer it, um, how I, I forgot I can't remember how long has she been with the company for? I would say <laughs> uh, I was gonna say eleven, but there you go. Okay, so right there she has the veteran status, so to speak. So they're gonna give her a little leniency. I mean, they've other people have had major issues, and they kept them. I don't know if she's just sneaking under the radar, but after what happened with the Arn situation, I can't fully answer that question for you. Uh, maybe it's her weird Audi belly button that just does it, but I mean, I, I can't, I can't answer that question. Maybe Sal can do it for you, but I can't. I would be happy to, because when when I first heard this story, and now I hear more about her just ghosting them. Uh, to me, it seems like she's the female version of Randy Orton, where she kind of can do whatever the fuck she wants, and she'll never actually get in trouble for it. The fact that they fired Arn on the spot, who has also been with them since 2001. He's been uh, in a backstage role with them the entire time. Again, I don't blame them for firing Arn. I get you do what you have to do. But why wasn't Alicia fired the same day? It makes yeah. no sense unless it's because she's one of Vince's favorites and he's going to keep her no matter what. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Uh, I was close 13 years. She was hired in 2006. Um, but yeah, like you said, Arn's been there for about 26 years or something like that. At this point. Uh, and, and yeah, like I said, completely understand the Arn situation. The Alicia Fox situation, it's like, okay, you offered her rehab. She turned around and just disappeared. That's when you go, okay, we did our part. We offered her rehab. If she's not going to take it, there's nothing more we can do and cut her loose. You know, I mean, we had the same thing, you know, with uh, with Rosa Mendez, except the only difference was and again, this she didn't work a match, but she she was drunk and backstage and she got sent to rehab and Michael Hayes had no repercussions for it. <laughs> even though He provided her with alcohol because he's a Vince boy. So, yeah, I I don't get it. Um, you know, a lot of us have been calling for Alicia Fox to be fired for a long time because she doesn't do anything. Well, she's, the, she's the JTG of that division. Sorry if I might butt in right, right there. Go ahead. Um, for a while in the, on the main roster, she wasn't really, they weren't letting her do her full potential. But when they put her down at NXT, she was having some decent good matches. So I don't know if she's helping the uh, call-ups and such backstage, you know, traveling and all that stuff. But I don't know. It's it's mind-boggling at this point. The only thing I will kind of put in their defense, and it's a it's not something I typically do, but everything we're hearing is reports that have come out. Nobody was necessarily there. You know, who knows what the situation really was? Maybe wasn't 100% Alicia's fault. I'm kind of pulling at straws here. But also, we, you know, if if this becomes a situation where we don't see her on TV for the rest of the year, you know, maybe it's some type of punishment. I don't know yet. I, I guess we'll have to see how it ultimately plays out. Yeah, but even 
it's it's difficult to figure out if it would be punishment because I don't I don't expect to see her the entire rest of the year just in person <laughs> even if this didn't happen so you know it's somebody that was was very rarely used you know but I don't know so so yeah so moving on from from that debacle to uh, to some to some fun news um, because uh, Kevin Owens definitely showed that uh, he has fully transitioned into a face. So um, Kevin started the night off uh, coming out and talking to Daniel uh, and, and was did a little pandering to the crowd, you know, um, like, like a face is wont to do. Talked about if there's one thing that he hates, it's people who think they're better than everyone else, which is a Kevin Owens funny line, if you think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was before he left. Um and and yeah, then obviously you know talked about the fact that he wanted to you know he, he didn't like the disrespect that the t- title got by getting thrown in the garbage and everything and everything like that. So clearly more of a face. Uh, culminated at the end of the night um, with him needing some backup and Mustafa Ali returning from uh, from getting his eyeball thrown out of his skull by Randy Orton. Uh, definitely looked to be in some far better shape, but that's what happens when you're off the road and not having to work as much. Um, so, so Sal, let's let's start things off with talking about Kevin Owens as a face. Did you did you like the promo, and do you like the direction that they're going in? Well, I like the I like the promo that he had with Daniel Bryan. I thought he played his role great. I liked when he called uh, Rowan now Redwood. I thought that was hilarious. And uh, Kevin Owens, although he doesn't do it often, can be a face. He knows how to be funny. He knows how to get the crowd behind him. I think they kind of put him in a shit spot because the crowd was like, Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. And then they're like, but look, it's Kevin Owens. And they're like, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. So he's kind of behind the eight ball to start, but uh, he'll do fine as a face. I don't, mm, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't last, though. Just because this WWE, I can totally see them after Mania, him going back to being a heel. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely somebody that could go both ways uh ginger (laughs) um it doesn't fit who he is and what his character has been in his wwe run when he first came in he was like yeah i'm cool with sammy Zayn, and then immediately boom turned him heel so i think they have a huge swerve up their sleeves and if i i'm going on a limb here but I think they're going to throw a wrench in there and have either another triple threat at WrestleMania with him, Kofi, and Brian, which I don't want at all. I'm tired of triple threats. Um, or they have Kevin join Brian and Rowan for a new stable. Ugh. I could see that too. Um, you know... I don't think you need another mouthpiece in that because no. I was doing a fine job, but uh, but definitely you know we could see that, or you know we might might see the return of Luke Harper and he could definitely align with them as you know with Danny Bryan as well. They've got history there. Uh, if you wanted to start doing kind of a of a faction against everyone else kind of thing, and then you would have three guys against three guys with a new day, and then just kind of spin Owens off to something else at that point. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I you know I'm I'm curious to see you know what the what happens there, but it fast lane is definitely going to be kind of a deciding factor in what, and what happens going forward with that. 
Also, here's another thought. What if Kevin Owens wins the belt at Fastlane? That'll be weird because I don't. Right, I, I, I will mean, have right? no right. idea where they're going with that. I, I don't think he would, and, and God knows there's a ton of ways they can get out of even having a finish. But, um, yeah, if he wins the belt as a face, uh, all, all bets are off. I mean, you might as well take Kofi and throw him out of the equation at that point because Brian's going to get a rematch of Mania, right? Like uh, They they got something going on here, and I, don't, I think they're keeping it under very tight wraps. And huh. If if it gets leaked, they're gonna change everything. Yep. Oh, like that time Chris Jericho was supposed to win the Royal Rumble, but it got leaked. So Vince was like, well, "Let Sheamus win." Oh God. That's, we don't we don't say that person's name on this podcast anymore. Oh, Chris Jericho. True. Um. <laughs> uh, so, I think it's time that we do a little fisting. Uh. So over on Raw. So soon. Had, yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, over on Raw, we saw Roman Reigns uh, come out and, and cut a promo asking for Seth Rollins to reunite the Shield. Uh, Dean Ambrose then came out before he could give his answer. Elias destroyed him with a guitar. Uh, this led to a one-on-one match between Dean and Elias, which Dean proceeded to lose. Um, after that, we uh, we got the Shield coming and helping uh, Dean Ambrose out. And then we had the Corbin and his shit squad uh, attempt to beat them down as well. And then we ended the night with a good old fashioned fashion fisting. So, <laughs> um, Ginger, do you care at all about the Shield reunion here? No. Um, like I said in last week's episode, it's cursed. So the only part, it's it's you know they're pushing for it every single time, and it always gets messed up by some catastrophe that is so random. And I don't know, unless they're going to do this and um, maybe have Reigns turn heel. Um, it would be the perfect time to do that. Exactly. It, you got the sympathy from the crowd when they're finally behind him after pushing for so long, and then, boom, crushes everybody. So... <laughs> I think it would be the greatest decision because finally then you're going to have the people that have been booing Roman to cheer him and vice versa. It's, But um, I'm so done with the Shield reunion. The first time they pushed for it, I wasn't for it. It was way too soon. It's like, no, stop pushing it. Just because they're all babies doesn't mean you have to put them all together. Wait a long time and let people want it and... Of course, they didn't want to do that and pushed it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Sal, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, so first, you remember Troy a couple of years ago, especially when they did the when they did the brand split. How big of a fan of Dean Ambrose I was, right? Mm-hmm. So very slowly, um, that fandom has been dissipating into the point of apathy. Now. I don't know if he's leaving in April. I don't know if he's staying. At this point, I don't give a fuck. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't, because they've just done so much shit to the fucking character of what of what he once was to, you know, what he is now, which I don't even know what the fuck he is now. Does he wear the jacket? Does he come out with the sirens anymore? I don't fucking know. But I didn't... I don't I, think production knows at this point. I yeah. don't think they do either. But not only that, 
I am so I'm actually sick of the shield. Like, stop trying to make the shield a thing again because it's it, it's so been done to death, and they do it every time they need to pop a number out of pay per view, and and what's gonna become of it? Like, Seth is already in his lane, the fast lane, uh, to, to Brock. That's where he has been built to, and that's where he needs to be. I would have been fine if Roman and Drew McIntyre wanted to start a program. That would have been fine for me. I don't need this six-man tag. I don't give a shit about this six-man tag. And if it ends up with the typical... Dean turns on Roman at the end and, and I, I hate the shield and I'm going to fight you at Mania. I still don't care because we just used another stupid shield reunion to get there. We didn't need to do that. We could have just had Dean come back and be like, I don't care if you're back. Uh, I, I hate you. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, and not have to do the whole reunion thing. It's just so stupid. It's so overdone. And this particular one seems like a way, like, well, we need to get Seth and Roman on the on the card. Uh, how can we do that? Because Brock ain't showing up. Oh, I know. Let's just do a Shield reunion. And correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Rollins dealing with some kind of not an injury, but a, something tweaked or something like that? So why push him right. to you know what I mean before Mania? That's it blows my mind. Why would you risk that? And that's why I think this is going to be a very, very bad idea. You don't need yeah. Seth on this card. Just... No. <clears throat> no. The other thing, too, is, you know, the Shield should reunite for something big. And Corbin and the Shit Squad is not oh, a big match. Like, you, you bring them back, like, them facing off against, like, Evolution would have been something you know them facing off against dx who's going into you know the the hall of fame there that's something you know and you know what and when they thing. did face off against uh evolution that was a big deal yes yeah. and if you wanted them to go against the club that would have been a big deal mm-hmm. but you spent months you put leo rush with lashley you spent months making him into a decent singles heel now he's in this group with Corbin and McIntyre. You've done it's nothing a, with McIntyre since December. It's, it's, a of, it's a League of Nations all over again. Yeah, that's cobbling, exactly what it is. Cobbling together a team just so they can put the, the shield over. If I may real quick, Bobby Lashley, I can't fucking stand him at all. Never have been able to and they keep trying to push him and it's not fucking working at all and it's really pissing me off because he's awful. Now have you uh, ever seen his work in TNA? Yeah, I thought I he was decent there. I really did. I liked the whole, you know, I'm the man kind of gimmick. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just I don't know. I just don't like his work. I never have. He's he's the black Chris Masters to me. I mean, he's a is a big guy who looks good and mm-hmm. he does a bunch of powerhouse moves. That's it. He's not. He's. I wouldn't even say. I wouldn't even consider him like a guy who fights like a hoss. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, a guy like Sheamus or something like that. But so, so yeah. To me, he's he's boring. He you know he can't really fucking talk. He's got a weird voice, anyways. Um, hey, I'm Bobby Lashley. <laughs> um, the fact that they had to give him a mouthpiece and made it the most annoying fucking person you could. Be. <laughs> um, you know, good on them for at least you know, and good on Leo Rush for for selling Bobby Lashley as something that people should care about. But 
like at this point you've had his character go all over the place yep. you've had him win the IC belt and then instantly drop it a little bit ago you had him get, get taken out in like what what 26 seconds in the Royal Rumble yeah like I just I just don't know they, I don't, they don't even know what they're doing and they they paid this guy a lot of money to come return to them too mm-hmm. you know he's not even the fucking focal point of this group Corbin is what the uh-huh. fuck Corbin, the the only guy in the group that that is has less ability in ring than Bobby Lashley. And my you God, that I group f- needs that group needs more Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for McIntyre. Yeah. He is right. such an amazing talent, and they are making him look like an absolute fool putting them with them. It's oh God, I honestly th- I honestly thought they were gonna put McIntyre over in the Rumble, but. Mm-hmm. I, I was really pleased for that because it also, and it probably helps that McIntyre probably has the most badass entrance music in all of the business right now too. So that's a huge bonus. But God, I feel so bad for McIntyre. It's so bad. So yeah. you know, I haven't been on for a couple months, and and something's really been bothering me is that I've been hearing every week. Oh, they're getting ready to give McIntyre a big push. They're getting ready to give McIntyre a big push. When? 2025? Because <laughs> right now, I don't know if they just have him on the back burner and they're waiting for something, but why would you wait? you got a guy like Drew McIntyre who's a money-making machine. Put him front and fucking center. Well, and, and him versus Lesnar would have at least made more sense, too, in yeah. terms of, of looking like a legitimate person who could beat him. Mm-hmm. Seth next to Lesnar, he's... Not big. He's yeah. fucking tiny. Yeah, he's he's going. To, it's going to show. And yeah, so I I don't know either. And I feel like I don't know. Did McIntyre like sneeze in front of Vince or something like that? That he suddenly just got <laughs> got like shoved down the car. And I mean, it seems it, like he didn't. Like, what did he do, man? And unless they're gonna put Rollins over at Mania, which I hope they do, but mm. I don't know how they're gonna get there. But I hope that they take Rollins and pair him with McIntyre for a nice long feud because I think that they'll, they, they, I think they have some good chemistry that they'll be able to make some money off of. I agree with you, but it's, it's the problem I have with that. It's the earthquake Hogan feud then at that point where it's, it, you will, will get like three pay-per-views out of it with ultimately Seth just retaining. I don't know. I, th- I think they'll push it more than that. If they, I mean, if they started immediately after mania, I think they could push it all the way to SummerSlam. Yeah. You gotta remember too is that between Mania and SummerSlam, there is that like great period of wrestling where you, yeah. you see some guy some guys that wouldn't always hold the belt sometimes, you know. True. Like gender. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a, that's an exact fair point right there. Is there's a guy because they know that, that TV's gonna be down because it's the summer, it's everybody's all the fucking main shows are coming back and stuff like that, you know. Um they're they're going to they're going to be competing at uh, pretty close to that time with Game of Thrones on Sundays in their yep. final season. Mm-hmm. That's going to take a lot of your numbers away from pay per views. So that this is usually the time that you start getting it. Where okay, well maybe we'll throw the belt on Kevin Owens and see what happens with them for a while, or maybe we'll throw it on Kofi and see what happens with them. So uh, it's it's obviously you know January to to April is their prime time where it's like mm-hmm. the biggest names. So yep. we could see it. Um. But we go from people that uh, that they remember to people that they forget, and then suddenly remember because SmackDown remind, remembered that they have a women's division. <laughs> uh, so the past 
I would say at this point, two months. Um, all the uh, any of the women that matter on SmackDown have been fighting for the Raw Women's Championship, <laughs> um, which of course left Asuka to not show up on a bunch of episodes and. Now they're like, oh shit, we have an actual match coming up this Sunday. We should probably start building towards that. <laughs> uh, so we had Mandy Rose taking on uh, Naomi, winds up winds up winning, and then Asuka comes out and beats the ever-loving piss out of Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose to sort of build it. But is it is it enough for you for you guys to actually care about? Asuka versus Matt. We we know Jason cares about this match for one important reason, which is why it's probably good he does not get a say in this. But <laughs> you know, Ginger, do you do you care at all right now, or about anything that's going on with the SmackDown Women's Championship? Unfortunately, it got lost in the shuffle with the, all the pandemonium that's going on with the Raw Women's Championship. So I, that that sucks for them. But to be a hundred percent honest, I don't see what the big deal is with Asuka. I never have. I didn't even see it in NXT. I didn't see it when she, from previous. I just don't get it. And when they brought her up to the roster, it was almost like, yeah, she's got this big winning streak. And then it was like, okay. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. The match with Charlotte at Mania was good. Um, but I, I just don't see what people see in her. Um, everybody's like, yeah, she's so great. Da, da, da. I, I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. So, in my opinion, um, no, I have no interest in this match. Okay. And, you know, it, it makes it difficult now, too, because Io Shirai is in NXT. Mm-hmm. And and that's if if you're like, well, it's it's an Asian woman, it's something we haven't seen so much before. But once you get EO and Kyrie Sane, you're like, Oh, okay. Yes. Like, you know yep. there we go. That's that, mm-hmm. now I understand, you know. But then you're like, well, Asuka's maybe not you know, not quite as good as those two, so mm-hmm. you're you're kinda of questioning that. But you know, the other thing too, I mean Asuka has some some, you know, really good things. Obviously she's a beautiful woman. Um she does have some really really interesting moves but then she's got other things like her weird little punches that are like Shane McMahon punches and you're just like what are you doing dude <laughs> um, <laughs> so so yeah but i mean i've i've been a fan a fan of her but i also know that like but i'm also a bigger fan of Kyrie and Io so uh, but but let's get Sal's opinion on this one here too um you know what how is how are you feeling about uh, the build so far oh i i could kill us they could have not. They could have not had it on SmackDown. I wouldn't even have noticed. And that's how they've been booking it since the Rumble. Um, I might be wrong, and I'm sure he'll yell at me for it. But I think Jason said the night after Oscar won the title that oh anybody can be rebuilt, and then we never really saw Oscar again. Hey, didn't that girl win the title? You need to you need to remember other than than the main SmackDown title. If you win. The SmackDown belt, you instantly have to take vacation. So uh, that's, that's like, a fair that's point. Like, yeah. It happened to Nakamura. Um, it, it, well, let's say Nakamura. Yeah, it happened to the Usos, who oh, had that's such true. a hard time getting on TV for a while. Well, they're on TV uh, now. They're, they're, they're of course now, they're they're yeah. paired against Shane, so that kind of makes you wonder. But yeah, exactly. um, see, and we stopped talking about Oscar that quick. Exactly. That's, <laughs> Lost in the shuffle. It does. It doesn't help that her opponent is. To be fair, not ready for a world title match. I'm sorry. 
she doesn't do anything in ring that would make her make me think she's going to have an interesting match with Asuka. To be honest, Sonya probably would have a better match with Asuka. Um, and and Asuka, what? Ever since she's been on the main roster, what what does she do that's so great? I mean, you want to talk about lost in the shuffle? She's just another, you know, chick. And, and you kind of have have this issue on SmackDown where um, there's there's a steep drop off in talent after you get through Lynch and uh, and Flair, and when you take those two people away from from SmackDown, you're left with the remainder of them. And the depth over on Raw obviously is much deeper than on SmackDown, where all of a sudden then you're like, well, you've got Carmella, but it's Carmella. You've got Mandy Rose, who yeah, you know, beautiful woman and stuff like that, but maybe. Not the greatest work. You've got Sonia, who really good. Work she's getting that. there. Yeah, she's yeah. getting there. Yeah. Absolutely, she's... but she's stuck behind Mandy, dude. I could not believe when I watched this week because I thought it was just like an internet joke. They do the entrance, and <laughs> Sonia's literally blurred out next Pretty to much. Mandy. Yeah. Because <laughs> they did like the 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 filter on the screen, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's great. Make her blurry. She doesn't matter, pal. <laughs> but she's gonna be giving Vince the eggy and the limo. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have the then you do have that kind of built-in storyline if you ever do have Sonya turn on Mandy. Oh yeah, you know, oh, always in your, in your shadow and stuff like that, and you can propel her that way. Because yeah, she is a far better you know worker. I think the the issue right now is obviously they do not want to kind of MMA heavy women to be the champions, and Sonya obviously is an MMA heavy person, so. Um, but yeah, at, hey, at least we circled back around and, and finished talking about the actual thing at hand. Um, but um, just like WWE, who cares about that? Because we've got about talk about Ronda Rousey. Uh, so we had we had the full on heel turn of one Ronda Rousey on uh, Raw and by an extension SmackDown, but you know, kind of. Uh, so there's there's kind of three parts to this um, because. We're gonna take it that way. So let's start off first with Raw. So we had this. We've had this whole weird, fucking convoluted way of trying to get a triple threat match at at Mania, where Ronda drops the belt and says, you know, well, you know, I if 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 it's not Becky, you know, then I don't want this title out of it. That so then you've got Charlotte swooping in, and then the match is set that it's Charlotte versus Ronda. Then all of a sudden it's oh well, you know, I guess if Becky. You know, we'll, we'll be inserted back into the match now. Um, you know, and Becky doesn't seem to care that Ronda was trying to fight the injustice. Uh, but what it ends off with is Ronda comes back and beats Everliving Piss out of the, out of both of them. Um, and we're going to then have now. Well, she basically just beat up Becky. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Charlotte got hers on SmackDown from Becky. That's true. Um, but yeah, so Ronda Rousey um, now gets to fight all three of them if Becky can beat Charlotte at uh, Fastlane, which we pretty much know what's going to happen there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so let's so let's look at that first, and then we'll get to the second part of this here. Um, so, Sal, what did you think of, of Ronda's heel turn? Okay, despite how much I despise how we got to the segment on Monday night, um, when... Rhonda came out there, everything changed. Uh, she seemed more comfortable. Uh, she delivered with more conviction. 
And I absolutely love the line, uh, you know, damn the man, screw the rue. Uh, screw the woo and uh, no more Mrs. Nice Bitch or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But she laid a beating into Becky that I thought was perfect. And that's what I always wanted Rhonda to be. And she somewhere along the line, she got away from it. She's supposed to be a killing machine. She's supposed to be a girl who can rip your arm off in two seconds. Um, I wouldn't have done three separate arm bars. That's a little nitpicky. I would have done one, and I would have been, you know, one good enough for Becky to be writhing in pain to the point where they had to stretch her out. That would have been my only change. But other than that, I thought it was great. I love the idea of Ronda as a heel. All right. And Ginger, what did you think about uh, the heel turn? It's about time. Um, like Sal said, that's who she is. She was, she is the baddest woman on the planet. She used to kick the shit out of other females. And how do you bring her in and not have her beat the shit out of all the women? It doesn't make sense to me. I understand it's different from MMA and wrestling and, but when you bring that woman in, you need to have her beat the ever-loving shit out of everybody. And, you know, her matches, it's, I hate to say, they're all the same. It's, she gets beat up, she gets beat up, she makes her comeback, match over. She should not be doing that. She should be kicking the shit out of that person. That said person gets a little comeback, and then Ronda's like, no, I'm just gonna murder you. Um... But, yeah, it's about time they made her into what she should have been from the beginning. Huh. Okay. And now, did um, either of you um, happen to catch the Ronda on the Road vlog? Negative. Okay. So, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ronda, um, Let's go. I'll go ahead and and read you the transcript of something that she proceeded to say. It wasn't a promo. They gave me other things to say. I didn't fucking say it. It's not a promo. It's not an act. I'm not going out there and doing their fucking act anymore. I'm going out there and doing whatever the hell I want. And they can explain to it however they want, but fuck them. Everybody. WWE Universe included. I meant that I'm going to disrespect the sport that they all love so much. Oh, don't break kayfabe, Ronda. Wrestling is scripted. It's made up. It's not real. None of these bitches can fucking touch me. The end. What did I just say? <laughs> so, yeah, right there. Fucking perfect. That is exactly what we not we need from Ronda Rousey. Yeah, exactly. and uh, fuck them. They didn't tell me to say that. Bullshit. They didn't tell you to say <laughs> yeah. that. You but did that's exactly the best, the best oh, word. Actually, absolutely. If you shit on the company, you're going to be fucking... People are going to be like, oh, shit. Like, the... the I suppose with smart marks, you're like, oh, shit, she's talking for real. But in reality, wrapped around the finger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is that is exactly what, uh, you know, what, what we need from her. Mm-hmm. And I love it because, you know, she is a real fighter. So by all accounts, this is exactly what we – this is the new reality era of wrestling that we got too. So, you know. Now, Troy, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. If we started off a year ago with this Ronda, right, and she went through all your heroes, and she demolished Bailey, and she demolished Sasha, and then eventually she got to Charlotte and ripped her fucking arm off, <laughs> we still could have gotten 
you know, Becky and 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 Ronda, and it still could have been huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we could have absolutely gotten to where we are today, and we could have had this killer the whole time. And I get you wanted to sell merch. I totally get that. I'm sure she's a huge seller for the little girls and stuff like that. But like I said in the host thread, you can make you could have made her the female Brock. She didn't have to talk. All she had to come in there and do is dominate and kick people's ass. To the point where when you hear her song, everybody's like, oh shit, Ronda's oh, coming. Somebody's going to get fucked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the second part of this was that um, it yet again came to light because this is something that, if you're a UFC fan, you've known for a while, that Ronda Rousey grew up with something called verbal apraxia. Um, and verbal apraxia is a uh, speech impediment, which uh, can cause her to um, mumble sometimes, cause her to um, screw up words that she's trying to say, mispronounce words. Uh, and when she's got long speeches, it kind of brings a lot of that back, because this is something she dealt with when she was a child and things like that as well, um, that it kind of makes her nervous and sort of brings on the, the, the mispronunciation even more. Um, so, like I said, if you're like me and you've watched her in UFC and you've seen like the pre things over that, she's talked about this before, and she's a big, she's uh, um, you know a, a big advocate for um, you know more uh, more people understanding verbal apraxia and and the effects and stuff like that, and earlier diagnosis too, because she went for a long fucking time without knowing exactly what was going on with her. Um, <clears throat> so. Obviously, you know, this again being brought up, being news to a lot of people on the internet was like, oh, well, you guys have been kind of mocking her promos. Um, well, some people have. If if it was, if, you know, any time that I said that her promo sucked, it was not because she mumbled through it or because she had problems with it. It's because the writing sucked on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, you did have a lot of people who would make fun of her anytime that she would mispronounce something or if she was kind of trouble or if she was speaking really fast, which would happen as well because like i said she's nervous about having so much to fucking say <laughs> yeah. so what what asshole was that oh who me <laughs> <laughs> I, i'll be the first to admit i i did not make fun of her promos i was just put off by them i didn't like them i hate it but it goes back to my original point then don't put a fucking mic in her hand. She doesn't need a mic in her hand. Yeah, no, I now, agree 100%. Knowing what I know now, yeah, I, I, it sucks. I didn't know that she she was dealing with that. And, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure she gives a fuck, right? Yeah. But that's the other thing. You know who else knew about this, though? The WWE knew about this. And yeah. they chose to give her those promos. And they chose to have her go out there that fucking night when bailey had to go out there and save her and it was one of the it became one of the worst segments on raw and guess what assholes you wrote that for her yeah well see and the other thing too here is is credit to Rhonda. um she fights through it a lot and mm-hmm. obviously you know she looked at those scripts and said i can do this you know and so you know to me it's kind of yeah you can say, well, you know, WWE knew about it and, and they gave it to her anyways, but they they were trying to do things that they thought, you know, were right and stuff like that. And they weren't, they give them credit, they weren't using it as, well, no, we can't give you longer speeches because of that thing you got, you know. Yeah. They gave her the opportunity to do it. So, um, but 
you know that you know we keep saying oh well then don't give her a mic but there's a shit ton of people out there that still complain about the fact that brock never fucking talks and has a mouthpiece yeah but we know why so. he never talks like long fan long-standing yeah. fans who have yeah, heard right. him try to talk we know why they don't give him a mic yeah, but then, like I said, you've got the same people. And if you didn't have Ronda talk, you'd be like, well, "Why the fuck is she talking? Why why do they have somebody talk for her?" Kind of, you know, it'd be the same kind of thing. And Paul Heyman was was her manager. You'd get those same kind of people. Be like, "Why the fuck isn't she saying something?" You know. I, so get, you, I mean, you, you there's a lot of people win. they give mics to in the WWE that I don't think have any business talking, and they have like no, <laughs> and they have no. Um, you know, they they have no impediment or any type of disability or anything like that. They just don't belong behind a microphone. So but that's it's the nature of WWE. Of course, you know? like, and I get you, that you're supposed you, you to be able to talk them into the building. Yeah, yeah you, to Troy's point, um, you have to cut a promo now because if not, um, you're. It's sad to say, but people flock more towards talkers, people that can t- cut a good, damn good promo. Uh, Paul Heyman, every time you see him, everybody cheers. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? So that's what it boils down to. I hate to say it, but, I mean, let's see. I don't know if you guys can think of an example because I can't. Nothing's popping in my head. What? Who was the last worker to not cut a promo and got over with the fans? It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, so, I mean... You know, I would say NXT Shinsuke was somebody who didn't really cut a lot of promos and people, you know, really loved him. Although he didn't really draw, though, because there were a lot of things when they were going on the road that he wasn't getting the draws. A lot of the other guys are like Finn and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you well, there, there's, there's an example. I mean, a lot of people in, you know, some people specifically have said that Finn can't cut a promo or he doesn't cut a good promo. Or he doesn't know how to talk him into the building. Finn is a guy that has gotten over with his work. He's gotten over with his look. I don't think he's necessarily talking him into the building. Yeah, but he's still he's still not a main eventer, though. No, no, I agree. You know, I agree. So, I mean, you know, Stone Cold wouldn't have been a main eventer if he if he couldn't fucking talk. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it, was, yeah. it was his promos that turned him into what he was. You know. The Rock was a piss poor fucking worker to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, I'll agree with you there. Eventually became better, but yeah, he's much more known for his promos. You know. Now, now here's an interesting thought: is that they have a guy they just brought up, who, if they let him go, can be the most exciting athlete in the, in the WWE, and that's Ricochet. But he doesn't necessarily cut a good promo. Right, Ricochet can't really talk. Well, could Ricochet get over regardless? I think he Yes, can. yeah, because, I mean, I think what they'll do with him is they know he can work, they know he can do all those high spots, flippy shit. Um, they'll pull him off to the side and have him work more on his promo skills more than his wrestling. Yeah. That's so the, true. I would say the the last person that I can think of that got over that never cut a promo was The Undertaker, and it was simply on gimmick. Yeah. The Undertaker yeah. is not a talker. You know, yeah. I would. You could definitely even not put originally. Kane in there. You know, you could kind of put Kane in there because obviously he just didn't talk. That was his. Game. Yeah, Paul. Paul. Paul was his mouthpiece. Yeah, I'll say Paul Bear was both their mouthpieces yeah. originally. Mm. So. But uh, that again, that again was back in the time when mouthpieces were a normal everyday thing. You know, yeah, ma- true. Managers were there. You know, <laughs> I mean now nowadays we have uh, one manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got. I guess you do have Lashley, but or not. You you have Leo Rush. So you've got. 
two or three, because you do technically have Maurice when she does not have a baby thrown inside of her, uh, but she's just kind of there. Miz does all the talking, so she's not like a mouthpiece. Maria is, you know, the manager of Mike and Ellis, but they both talk, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, a little bit different of, you know, a situation. I think Shinsuke is an interesting, uh, you know, idea because he he has been funny when he does talk. He's never been one to cut that, you know, scathing promo that you're going to remember. Um, but if booked correctly, he could. I think he could have got over huge. I mean, who knows though, right? Or, the be- or sorry, go ahead. Oh, my bad. Um, the best promo that Shinsuke ever cut was. Me no speak English. Right. That's the best promo he ever did, and that's all he ever needed to do on the microphone. True. (laughs) But again, I mean, his his push, and by extension Asuka's push, continue to be dragged down by the fact that they can't be relied on to cut promos. You know. Right. You know, it was the same thing that people have been saying for years with Cesaro. Well, the guy can't fucking talk. You know. He can speak all these different languages, but he just cannot <laughs> connect with that crowd with just his his talking. And they gave him a chance to cut a like a, a promo in the ring as kind of like a shoot promo, and he forgot how many sides the ring has. Poor <laughs> <laughs> son, bitch, that poor bastard. You know, it's it's one of those oh, kinds I remember of situations. That. And he tried to save it, but at that point, you're just like, well, back to nope. the mid-card, you go. He knew it. He knew it, yeah. too. He's like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, was, it, was, it was up there with lucha things, I would say. <laughs> just, just, you're not coming back from it, man. Oh, god damn. Oh, man. Um, but let's move on to somebody who can cut a promo, and that's Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got our truth, another guy who can cut a promo, who would be nothing without his ability to do promos, uh, <laughs> because he does not have it in the ring anymore. I, I, he's he's not bad, but no, I'm glad bad, you said that yeah. because there's a lot of people, one in particular, and I'm not gonna call him out because he knows who he is, who says that our truth is not entertaining. I disagree with that. I think he has been entertaining, and I think he was very entertaining on this episode. Um, even before the match started, <laughs> Joe's music hits and the crowd does their normal Joe, 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 and Truth's in the ring going no, 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 no. Yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, it's you know, I I understand where Adam comes from on on certain things in terms of he he isn't looking for the big comedy spots, you know. And I'm not always been a big comedy guy either. I fucking hate Santino Morello. For whatever reason, Adam loves him. Um, but me, you know, Tina Morell wasn't funny. You know what I mean? Well, that's another thing too. He was not very funny. But yeah, I mean, I love Kevin Owens, and he's in serious storylines, but he makes fucking jokes. Right. Funny. You know. Yeah. Our truth is a guy who's goofy and, and kind of retarded or of like that, and that's fine. I mean, sometimes you do those things. I would, as much as I dislike him at certain times. I'd rather have him be in a segment than fucking No Way Jose coming out and doing a cooking concert. Oh, absolutely. Me, you know? So, yeah, so you get our truth You know, he's he's out there to do his open challenge again to make John Cena proud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. I yeah. see him on my, my Cena poster. I see him on my Cena bed sheet. <laughs> I see him in the movies. I see him in the movies. <laughs> Alien robot. He was in that, too. <laughs> 
Yeah. That, well, that well, was the other thing, too. Adam did mention that he doesn't care for the seven-second dance break on his TV during wrestling time. Okay. What's the difference between that and when Edge and Christian used to do their bit about flash photography? Okay, so I will come to the Edge and Christian's defense. They did different things every single yeah. town that they were in, so it made it comical and it fit their gimmicks. Well, and and it was also fully intended to be heelish. Yes, like, you weren't you weren't supposed to be like, oh, this is so funny, like they did a thing. No, it was supposed to be like, we're wasting your time. Uh, <laughs> Fine, but we're talking about seven thing. second dance breaks. We're not talking about three minutes Stephanie McMahon yeah. promos. And, <laughs> And when is why is it a why is it a bad thing to have Carmella shake her ass? That's I don't think awesome. it is. I will take that. And yeah, the the whole seven second dance break of like that is it's more about the reaction of the people around them where they're just baffled by it. <laughs> you know, that's what's always been funnier to me is when they start doing the dance break and you, the people that are like in the ring with them are just looking like what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the stuff that's entertaining to me. So yeah, so. You know, just just go with it. Sometimes you gotta have fun things. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I like I like fun when it's funny. I like fun when it's entertaining. And this was something. I mean, he's not he's not the WWE champion. Like no. So you know, like save save certain things for that. You know, I mean, every every movie you watch or most movies you watch or most TV shows you watch have comic relief characters. You yep. know. If you're a Walking Dead fan, Eugene was a comic relief character, you know? He does dumb things, and you're like, oh, he's just walking stupid. But it was brevity. It was the ability to be like, okay, we're getting off of things that are, you know, we're, we're, we're mixing in different things. We're giving you, you know, we're trying to build a show for a wide, you know, audience. So, yeah, there is going to be certain things that you're not going to enjoy, but guess what? They're not going to be there for long. Unless it's Triple H, then he's going to be there for half an hour. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So... And and this led to a fatal four way match, uh, fatal four way triple threat. No, it was a fatal four way. Yep, because Joe came out. out, and then Ray, and then Almas came out. Yep. So uh, Andrade. Andrade. <laughs> Forget. <Yep. laughs> so yeah, so we had a we had a fatal four way match: Ray Mysterio, Andrade, Samoa Joe, and our Truth for the U.S. title. And Samoa Joe, after taking after selling. Perfectly a six one nine because <laughs> he continued. Oh yeah, I love that cell. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he had. Um, I think it was Andrade in a, in a headlock. He had somebody in a headlock yep. and he was down. He gets hit and he stands straight up and yep. just falls fucking backwards. Amazing. <laughs> he fell off screen. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, but Samojo winds up winning and he be, and he finally has won singles gold in WWE. Or any gold for that matter. This is his first WWE belt. That's right. Uh, so yeah, so so gender, you know, go ahead and and take it away and, and let us let us know your thoughts on Samoa being the new United States champion. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna start when Samoa Joe first came to the WWE up to the main roster, and to be honest, I was never a fan of Joe at all. And then, um, you know, I I didn't see it. Kind of like the same thing with Asuka and Shinsuke. I don't see them. I never saw it. And then once he had his match with Brock Lesnar, for some reason, I was like, I get it now. So now I'm like, okay. So they pushed him with Brock. And then the only thing that I don't like, he disappears and then comes back. I find that kind of weird how they do that with his bookings. Um, but uh, I am actually happy that he got this title 
because hopefully he can bring some some uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, prestige prestige back to the championship. Thank you very much because that United States Championship was kind of yeah when Cena had it. It was good because it it was an, it was basically the open challenge title. Um, now, you know, Joe's got it. Hopefully, he can bring that prestige back to it. Yeah. Other than other than when Cena had it, um, Owens was the last person that really made the belt. Yes. Points, yep. You know, because for him that was the prize. You know, and mm-hmm. all the feuds were about that belt, and it meant a lot to him. And it wasn't. You know, like Shinsuke won the belt, and you're just like, I guess he's got the belt. <laughs> it seemed like it was all that important. Obviously, when Roman had the belt, it seemed like it was not fucking important at all. And yeah, so I'm with you on that. So, so anything else that you wanted to say on that before we go over to Sal? Um, congratulations to him. I mean, um, it, it's that's something big, especially considering the fact this is his first title. Uh, hopefully, they leave it on him for quite a while. Fair enough. Sal? I was so surprised when Joe actually got the pin because he never gets the pin in WWE for the the actual title that I thought, where's the second referee coming out? Was somebody's foot on the rope? I was convinced he was going to get screwed. So it was a nice surprise that they changed the title here. And then the promo he cut after I thought was so fucking money. And, And that's perfect like the promo he cut after wherever they end up going with his next feud or his feud going into mania i thought it was done amazing and it yeah you know what this is what joe needed for the longest fucking time mm-hmm. and he hasn't had it since he beat shinsuke in nxt for the goddamn title and that was what two three years ago at this point like oh, was it that long ago it was a while ago man <laughs> It was back when um, they were doing, you know, Brooklyn One, <laughs> take over Brooklyn, the first one. So I'm very happy they finally pulled the trigger and gave Samoa Joe a belt. I thought for months he was going to win the WWE title from AJ. It is what it is. I'm happy he's U.S. champ, and and I'm glad they made the switch here. You know, nothing against our truth, but I was surprised when they took the belt off of Shinsuke and put it on our truth in the first place. This at least feels like they're going in the right direction. Alright. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm anxious to see where it's gonna go. Seems like we're probably not going to have that belt on Fastlane, uh, but considering that it was one the week before Fastlane, it would make sense to them to push it off into something else. And we've already got pretty jam packed show. Um, because other than the shield match, every um, everything else has something that has to do with a title, either for a title or for a chance to go for a title. So, uh, not much else you could really do with that. Um, so, speaking of building up up to a match, uh, Triple H and Batista, in my opinion, have already sold me on wanting to see this match. And I know you guys had spoken last week, you uh, Jason and Ginger, in regards to the match itself. Probably not is not going to be the greatest, but it's the build going forward. And so far, the build has been fucking fantastic. Uh, obviously, last week with Batista's surprise appearance um, and beating the shit out of Ric Flair and dragging him around um, to then this week where Batista says that he doesn't want to be there because he doesn't like the city. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> just the perfect, just the perfect healer reaction to it. I hate you so much, I didn't even drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so then Triple H obviously coming out with his promo um, to talk up, you know, the, the match. Did a little bit of heavy lifting uh, here because, you know, as much as we like Batista, and obviously we don't we don't know how he cuts promos nowadays because obviously he's been learning how to be an actor. He's been really good in a lot of fucking movies I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just watched him in uh, Hotel Artemis and I really enjoyed him. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously you know him in the Guardians movies and the Avengers movies been fucking amazing. And who would have thought <laughs> that that Dave Batista would be a decent actor fucking um, blue tista yeah <laughs> which which i'm i'm so glad um that you pointed out um with the blue tista glasses last week no it was uh, jason yeah it was jason yeah yeah with the with the, <laughs> the blue glasses just just to kind of do there because if you remember cor- correctly when when that happens he seemed legit pissed on oh yeah that kind of saying like <laughs> like the only thing you guys remember is batista wore blue come on <laughs> so it's kind of funny to see him bring it back a little bit on that um, it's gonna be a joke to him now he probably gets ribbed in the back all the fucking time oh, for yep. it <laughs> probably um so yeah so sal what do you got to say about uh about the the promos of batista and triple h well i think everybody has gotten the wool pulled over their eyes um, you know, Batista didn't beat up Ric Flair. He was just taking a nap, and Batista just moved him out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> but I gotta say, uh, you know, heel Batista's great. His his promo uh, on Instagram, and it, where he's like, you know, I'm not coming to Philly. I hate Philly. It, it's classic. Uh, Triple H's promo was fucking amazing. He literally just called him Dave the whole time, yeah. and and he and he went for that shooty uh, feeling, and to the point where, he, for the first time, even back when he was uh, mouthing off with Punk on camera, he never actually referred to himself as Paul Levesque. And I almost felt like he was gonna do it on this <laughs> promo because he was like, "You're not gonna get the game," and I'm like, "Is he gonna actually say?" You're gonna get Paul Levesque because that's gonna be like the first of first. But and he came pretty close. But even if he didn't say it, he, he made the whole thing feel real. And and yeah, fucking great, great fucking setup. And and you know we got five or six more weeks before this thing is actually gonna happen. So let's see what they can continue to do. Yeah. And Ginger, um, I was hooked as soon as I saw that Batista was coming back because um, they're. Preview their feud years ago after during the uh, evolution split. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was two big guys going at it, and it made sense for the history and such. And this is just gonna add on. But the one thing I'm I don't know if they're gonna have those two in the same building until WrestleMania or yeah. maybe the week before. Make the people want it so bad that they're salivating foaming from the mouth that they want it because the promos are going to be amazing as we just found out by triple h on monday and batista just being a straight dick on instagram so it's gonna be amazing and i really hope it pays off at mania (laughs) i can totally see them doing something where they're almost in the same building and then like somehow 
they lure Triple H away from the arena, and then Batista like shows up in the locker room, and he's like, <laughs> "Hunter, where are you, Hunter? For you, but you're not here. Oh, you're a bitch." <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting, and uh, again, man, fucking kudos to Triple H for coming back as quickly as he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't be doing this if he didn't feel he's going to be ready for Wrestle- WrestleMania, so the fact that he's able to, to come back from a torn peck like that is fucking amazing. Um, but it should come as no surprise. The guy's shown he's been a fucking badass all his, his entire career, so... Speaking of uh, injured guys who are badasses, uh, we learned some sh- shitty, shitty fucking news. And that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tommaso Ciampa uh, is having spinal fusion surgery um, thanks to a neck injury suffered at some point in time uh, in the past uh, couple of months. Sounded like he informed WWE that he was uh, going through some some issues with his neck. They were planning on having him go um, go until Takeover New York, and then have it be that Johnny takes him out and be be done with it. But uh, just not it, it's it's too severe for them to risk him anymore. So uh, Tommy will be dropping the belt. Um, we do not know yet because we are still getting through the already taped stuff, um, but we don't. So we don't know yet what the plan is. But um, soon enough we will know, and we'll kind of see what happens with the NXT Championship. So um, here's a guy again. He's going to be missing over a year um, after already missing a year's time with a, with a blown uh, with a ruptured ACL, missing a, a good chunk of the the end of his ROH career. With a knee injury, with an ACL injury as well, um, you know, Tommaso sadly kind of continued to be snake bitten by injuries. So, um, but uh, you know, let's let's go with Sal because I know that Ginger's going to have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> so, um, so Sal, what is what are your feelings on this? All right, uh, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Tommaso Ciampa. You know, I've I've watched him on the local scene. Uh, a couple times, and I thought that some of his best work came since he came back from his torn ACL when he was portraying his heel character NXT. It was fresh. It was it was better than anything I had seen in a long time, and it you know maybe fueled fueled a little bit by the uh, full sale crowd who. Uh, would just chant like the worst shit at him and he would just eat it up. I really wanted to see the payoff, the com- the climax between him and Gargano. That's where we were really going. Um, and it just sucks. It sucks as a fan. It sucks for this guy and his family. Um, I, I'm really going to, I'm going to put myself out there now. I'm going to say he's going to overcome all of this and he's going to be back and he's going to be amazing. Because he, dude, he fucking deserves it. Like seriously. Yeah, and we do know. Um, it, it sounds like they already have a storyline built in for when he returns. So they do have plans for him once he does return. So. Jesus. Um, but uh, but Ginger, what is what are your feelings on this? Um, that poor bastard. Um, I personally used to watch him at as his 
very, very, very prior character as Tommy Penmanship over in Chaotic Wrestling. Um, and, um, you know, he has busted his ass in the wrestling business since the day he stepped foot in it. And for this to happen is just so sad. From getting his first contract, the developmental, to them telling him, yeah, go find yourself elsewhere. Went through personal issues. Completely recreates this whole thing. Gets, starts blowing up. Finally gets re-signed. Gets back to the point. Tears his ACL. You gotta be shitting me. Comes back to the fucking biggest nuclear heat anybody has seen in this business ever. <laughs> to having no music and just people chanting, fuck you, Champa, the <laughs> entire way to the ring is fucking incredible. And for this to happen now, when he's finally on the main roster, or they were, I don't know if they were going to keep him down there or bring him completely up, but you got to feel for the guy. That is absolutely awful, and he must feel like shit, but you know that this is going to make him push himself to the maximum to get back to 150% better than what he is going out on. It, it's really, it really is sad, though, because you feel bad for the guy. And I've worked with him on shows before. Really great guy. And it just it, it sucks. Um, I know Jason's worked on a show with him. Adam's been on the show with him. It, it, so, I mean, I'm not saying I know him personally, but seeing what he's gone through through his whole career and for this to happen, it's absolute it's it's very very sad for him but like i said he's gonna end up coming back and he's gonna fuck everything up yeah i agree um so we we transition from that shitty news to some cool news um yeah as all elite wrestling announced its second show um the show after double or nothing on the 25th in las vegas will be fight for the fallen which will take place on July 13th in Jacksonville, Florida. And on top of that, AEW will donate the proceeds of the event to victims of gun violence. Obviously, we know about the Madden tournament in Jacksonville where two people died in uh, in August after a gunman opened fire. Um, that is a really fucking cool thing to do, for them to turn around and and hook up with the charity and to... to Send all the proceeds out once everything, and there's going to be a ton of them. Let's let's be honest here; they're making a ton of money on this event, and a lot. And it's all going to the victims of gun violence, and that's fucking great. Um, and then, on top of that, AEW also announced another another signing, and I need to go find my dick because it got blown off because they signed <laughs> <laughs> B Priestley. Um, not one of the, the best workers over in England right now, one of the hottest young acts out there, signed to AEW, um, so she's going to be working in the States, and uh, people are going to finally see um, what this woman can do, and hopefully she gets booked in, into some big matches here. Obviously, we already know the what's going on um, for 
potentially the women's championship match or at least a triple threat match um, at double or nothing, but uh, but maybe Priestley can get in on that. Um, we haven't heard anything yet about title champion or about championship belts yet in AEW, but you would assume that eventually that's going to happen because that's you know a staple for things. So, Ginger, what's your feelings on this on the AEW news? Um, to be a hundred percent honest, I'm not really following the AEW. Um, I, I can't really speak, but after hearing what you said about the what they're donating to, that's fucking awesome. Because, um, yeah, I mean. 100% of your proceeds are going to that. I hope they knock it out of the park because there's been a lot of people affected by that shit. Um, but as for anything else, I, I really can't comment, so I'm going to have to throw this one to Sal. Right. Fair enough. Uh, I'll echo your sentiments that it is amazing that they are donating the proceeds to, to gun violence. That's not something you typically see any other wrestling no, no, no. company. No, please, please. The victims that. of gun violence. <laughs> Sorry, you. the victims of gun violence. Um, I'm familiar enough with Bea Priestley to know that she is amazing. I have been fortunate enough to see some of her matches. Uh, Chicks got talent, and I was wicked stoked when she signed, uh, when they announced that she signed. I know Troy was over the moon, as he mentioned. <laughs> Uh, but it, I think it's a great signing, and it definitely adds to their division that seems to be now all of a sudden really, you know, getting a lot of steam behind it. I'm also a fan of Smiley Kylie Ray, so good on her that she got signed. I know she was announced at the, uh, the last press conference they had, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my deck, by the way. Keep it on a short leash, though, just in case somebody else. Detachable penis. Ah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so all in all, more good news from AEW, more good things that they're doing. Um, at at this point, for a young company, for them to to donate all their proceeds to a charity, pretty monumental because a lot of those, a lot of the times, you need those um, those big paydays um, to kind of you know put yourself closer to the black uh, because obviously there's it's such a big investment to begin with. Um, so the so yeah, so the the fact that they're able to you know to to do something like that is is pretty fucking cool because they don't have to you know it's one of those situations where like I said I mean that money could probably be be spent on trying to get some more talent or or you know going back into the pocket of the cons uh, because the fact <laughs> that they did put so much money into it to begin with um, so yeah and you know obviously having Jacksonville as sort of their their locate locale to begin with is is good for them because they're not doesn't seem like they're going to start off as a touring brand probably good to to get themselves a foundation and established before you start going around a country like that um you know you mentioned you know kyla ray and stuff like that who who to you to you other than obviously the uh, like the bucks and omega and Rhodes? who do you feel has been kind of their their like under underrated signing so far uh their partnership with um triple a is is going under the radar it, it, it no i don't think people realize how monumental that is mm. i mean i have been a huge fan of pentagon jr since lucha underground season one yeah now him phoenix the lucha bros they're gonna be there they're gonna be part of this thing 
and they got to have access to a whole well of talent from AAA. And I think it's a smart move because, you know, these guys were tied up in their Lucha Underground contracts, let's be honest. But if you're able to get a partnership with AAA and have some of their guys appear some of the time, I think it's great. Well, and now it sounds like a lot of those guys have been, you know, released from the contract. PJ Black is taking bookings now. Oh, okay. Um, so it sounds like, you know, things have kind of been worked out. Most likely it means that Lucha Underground is dead, which is a shame, um, because it, it was entertaining. It was something different, too. Um, and obviously it was giving a lot of people opportunities to get on TV that otherwise hadn't at that point. So, um, you know, and then obviously you've got other guys, you know, who, you know, Ricochet obviously was put further on the map because of it. Um, you know, Johnny Mundo is Johnny Mundo, and you know he's pretty much goes wherever ever he needs to go, other than WWE. Uh, but then you know, a lot of the other people there. Ivy Lee was a you know big time person. You know, PJ Black, um, Martin uh, Martin Cassius, who completely fucking forgot he even existed. You know, from from Tough Enough, and then suddenly showed up there uh matt cross as well matt cross yeah you know so it you know it was it was an opportunity for a lot of guys um luchasaurus included uh <laughs> so but you know a lot of these guys now will be able to go on to bigger and, and better things i think and won't be tied down to the insane contracts that apparently were handed out from there um which restricted people so much because of their you know their television schedule and everything like that so you know good on those guys um so with that because we do have fascinating predictions coming up uh we decided to have a little fun and go ahead and book what we're going to do with the titles for wrestlemania so each of us you know um you know we might be kind of playing off the fly um you know we didn't didn't do a lot of thinking on this we might do you know something a little bit more official later on but we'll see um but in general i just wanted to take a look at what we do with each one of the title belts um for wrestlemania matches um so let's start off with the women's tag team belts um so for me um because i don't i don't want to see I mean, I'd be fine with it, but but in in my dream scenario, I don't want to see so many multi-person matches or so many multi-team matches. Um, so you know, having one from NXT, one from SmackDown, one from Raw, like that, you know, whatever. Uh, but I would like to see Boston Hugs take on the Sky Pirates uh, because I think that they offer the best match um, quality of any of, the, of of any other team possibilities out there. So um, you both seem a bit befuddled. By <laughs> what to do with the random you know, start on this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's not a lot of options, obviously, because there's not a lot of women's teams. Um, but which one of you would like to to try, to try your hand at it first? Uh, if if we're fantasy booking, <laughs> I mean, I hate to be a jackass, and it's gonna come off like a jackass. But when you think of, of women who are teams, right? If you took Banks and Bailey and you put them against the newly signed, and this is again fantasy booking, beautiful people, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, I'd I'd be all in. Oh, sorry, wrong company. I don't care. I'd still be all in. All right, fair enough. Uh, got anything for this one, Jeter? Uh, it's 
the whole Tamina and Nia thing's not going to happen for long, but um, uh, probably the tag team of Riot Squad is going to be my pick okay. for for that. Okay. I love picking picking solo matches there. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look at the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, so me, I you can you can tie other belts too if you want to. Um, me, I don't want to see the triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. I would rather see Flair take on Asuka because they have that history between them. You know, Asuka wants her revenge. Yeah, Asuka wants her revenge, and she can say that you know when when you beat me, you weren't beating me for a title. You know, so now you got to beat me beat me for my title, and I want my revenge because you ended my streak. So. I would say Asuka versus Flair straight up. So, Ginger? Um, I think if they want to get Asuka back to where she was, um, I think she would be a good mix with Kyrie Sane. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think it would be quite an interesting matchup those two would have because their styles are different, but I think they would clash well. Uh, I was thinking the other side of the coin, actually. I was thinking EO. Because uh, size-wise, I think they match up a little bit better. And, um, you know, what EO's uh, attributes, you'd re- you know, you'd have that classic, you know, Lucha style, high-flying style versus a striker like Asuka or submission like Asuka. And it just, to me, I, I like that idea better. Okay. Um, and then the Raw Women's Championship. Um, to me, it's Lynch and Bruce Rousey. Yeah, I think that's an agreement on all parts. Yep, mine too. It's Lynch versus Rousey one on one. Yeah. Um, I I get what WWE's done. Obviously, you know, to to make it a triple threat, and I, and I get it. It's you know a little bit of an insurance policy too in case one of them gets hurt. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd rather see Lynch versus Rousey straight up. Got it. So, it's just so frustrating because Flair, they have to put Flair's daughter in the fucking everything. Like, yeah. you know you do, you can have succession without her being involved in the women's division. It's so obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, we've kind of talked about it, too, as, as her being the female Roman Reigns, where, and, you know, before, obviously, his leukemia thing, Anytime they did anything with the championship belts, it was like Reigns was right there. Well, first, mm-hmm. we, gotta, first we gotta have Reigns lose his qualifying match to get him out of there. So he's mm-hmm. got a reason for not being. It was like, no, you don't. Just don't fucking put him in it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, that brings us to the Intercontinental Championship. So, Sal, what, what's your booking for the IC belt? Uh, I'm putting Finn against Ricochet. And I'm not even saying turn Ricochet heel. I think just have them have. Hey, I want that belt. I have that belt. Let's just go at it and see who's the best. I'd love it. Alright. Alright. And Ginger? Um depending on what they do with him, I would like to see Finn versus McIntyre. Give him give him a good give McIntyre his good push that he needs and then maybe even give it to him for a little bit. Yeah, there you go. Um, me, I've always been a big fan of the ladder match for the IC belt. Yes. So I would I would love to see a six-person ladder match. Um, Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Ricochet, and Johnny Gargano would be my Ooh, six, nice. six people for it. Nice. Um, I, I 
loved it when they had the you know the Dean Ambrose, Luke Harper, Daniel Bryan one at, at Mania. Yes, um, mm-hmm. I I loved the um, Zack Ryder one as well with the storyline of it. Mm-hmm. So, to be Intercontinental Belt ladder match WrestleMania should always be a thing. A lot of people hate that though, but I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you they they've. They needed to replace the Money in the Bank ladder match because everybody looked forward to that every year. Absolutely. So they were like, here's your I yeah, I guess we're going to put it with the IC title. But yeah. we'll find out. Yeah. It, you know, there's plenty of challenges for it, that's for sure. Um, but that takes us to the United States Championship. So, Ginger, what do you got for your U.S. belt? Um, actually, you stole my idea for the IC title. <laughs> I was thinking a ladder match for the United States uh, title because they have a lot of people going for it right now. You got Ray, Andrade, our Truth. I guess you could throw in there, uh, Joe, and then throw two randoms in there. Um, maybe Rusev and Shinsuke get back into the picture and they duke it out for a ladder match. You still got uh, Mustafa Ali as well. That's kind of peripheral to that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Sal? Ginger, I love that idea. I'd be all for it. Um, I'm going to save my ladder match for a different title, though. And for me, I think you build it and you put Joe against Cena. And, you know, you can play off this whole R-Truth thing. And Cena-Joe, it's one of those dream matchups. I think we saw it very briefly in like a tag on Raw at one point. I don't even think they had much interaction in that match. Or it was on SmackDown. Whatever. Make it one-on-one. Make it for the U.S. title. Make it mean something. I And I'm all in. Okay. Um, Sal, these SmackDown take team belts. So I want the Usos to defend it in a match that could potentially steal the show. And I know they're a little bit older, but give me Usos versus the Hardy Boys, the newly or the recently reformed Hardy Boys. They don't have to be broken. Just let these guys go out there and do their thing. Okay. Ginger? The Bar. I'm a huge fan of The Bar, man. I love Sheamus and Cesaro because nobody saw what they were going to be able to do at all. And those two knocked it way out of the park, and I would really like to see that. Nice. All right. So, for me, I want to see the Usos versus the Revival for a unification match for the tag belts. We've got one set of women's tag belts. We should have one set of men's tag belts. Because then we don't have this kind of watering down that we've had at the divisions where Raw's got fucking nobody. <clears throat> SmackDown's got all the teams. You got one one champion that goes to both brands and you know goes from there. So that's that's what I would do, obviously, with the raw belts as well. Um, so the raw tag team belts, Ginger, what you got? Um, oh god, it's gonna. If I was to say this is definitely gonna happen, I'd probably say that it would be the revival versus Ricochet and Aleister Black. I think they're gonna push for that one. Um. But also, on the other hand, they could do the Raw Tag Team Championships in a ladder match again. But I'm, uh, I can't really pinpoint what it's going to be, to be 100% honest. This one's kind of been mind-boggling on my part. Okay. Sal? So? Uh, I, I think 
one of them's dealing with an injury. But, you know, that aside, uh, give me the Revival versus AOP. And and really make the Revival the phases. I, 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 I like uh, it. Mm. <laughs> I can't stand off his pain. Okay. Uh, is on. That's, that's oh, there's a piss. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> um, the Universal Championship. Yeah, with the WWE one. Um, obviously, we we can see what what they're heading to. Um, so you can either go with Rollins versus Lesnar, or you can go a different direction on it. Um, I will stick with Rollins versus Lesnar because I think it's time that Rollins wins that championship and actually does something with it after that. Um, so, Sal? Yeah, give me Rollins versus uh, Lesnar because that's exactly what you've built to this point, and, and Seth makes the most sense right now. But give Logic a little bit of a break, too, and make this a no-DQ match. Let, you know, Seth said that he's willing to die. Well, let him Try. Let him die. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Um, for me, I wish. I mean, if if this is fantasy booking, um, I wish they put McIntyre in there because I think they would have kicked the ever loving shit out of each other. And I mean, I think McIntyre's a tough bastard, and they should have given it to him. So. If I was to fantasy book, I would say McIntyre and Lesnar. Okay. All right, Sal? I had already went, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was late. Like, sorry. It was getting late, and I, and I realized that uh, I'm going on vacation the weekend that Avengers Endgame comes out. So. Oh. All right. WWE Championship time. Um, me, I'm going with the triple threat, Debray versus Kofi versus Owens. Um, Ginger, what do you got? Uh, I think Kofi deserves his one-on-one moment with nobody else involved. Um, he's been with the company long enough that I think he's deserved that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Kofi versus Brian at Mania. Okay. And so, finish it off. So you've seen what Kofi can do in Royal Rumbles, and you've seen what kevin owens can do in any other type of match uh, i say this is my ladder match put yeah. daniel bryant versus kofi kingston versus kevin owens i promise you it will steal the show i mean it'll be a good match but you know i i don't know it's it's your it's your I, I don't think they would ever throw a gimmick match on one of the top belts yeah yeah i gotta be with you on that but who knows i mean anything can yeah. happen yeah um Let's not forget that ain't that ain't that ain't the main event of uh, of WrestleMania. That <laughs> right. WWE Championship is not main eventing WrestleMania. So yeah, <laughs> you can potentially do anything what you want with it. Um, so let's uh, so let's go ahead and make our fast lane predictions. And I notice we are absent a few rundown hosts picks. So that means that we might see some interesting picks. Because they, they're getting texted to me right now. Weird. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, so the the kickoff show presented by Banana Boat, uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. Um, me and Jason have gone with Andrade. Uh, Sal, what say you? Um, Andrade. All right. And Ginger. 
Ray. Ray, okay. Interesting. And I don't even like Ray, but I just have a feeling they're going to put him over. There you go. It does seem to, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, oh, wait. Uh, Adam appears to be texting me. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he He's claiming Ultimo Dragon. All right. All right. Very interesting. Very odd. Very interesting. All right. Uh, the main show proper, the WWE Women's Tag Team title match, the first defense. Uh, we've got the Bossy Hugs, the current champions, versus the Samoan Twat team of Tamina and Nia Jax. Uh, me and Jason have both gone with Bossy Hugs retaining their first time. Ginger, who do you got? Oh, man. I don't know. They might throw a curveball. And but I'm I'm gonna go with the Samoan Twat team. All right, uh, Sal. Uh, I'm going Bossy Hugs. All right. Did you know that Jeff just texted me his pick for this match? Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, well, go ahead and let me know. He went with the Golden Girls. The I don't. Golden Girls. I guess does it goes this... with his old man gimmick. <laughs> I suppose it does. I suppose it does. All right, the WWE Women's. WWE SmackDown Women's Tag Team Title, uh, Asuka versus Mandy Rose, uh, because as Jason always says, the answer is always Mandy Rose. He has gone with the winner being Mandy Rose. I have gone with Asuka retaining. Sal, what say you? Uh, Asuka's going to retain. I would hope. Otherwise, they might as well just fucking release her. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Ginger, Asuka's going to win it unless they throw another curveball. I don't see that happening. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, uh, Adam just texted me. Uh, <laughs> he says that the next WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, Dana Brooke. Uh, not in my but you know, more power to you, buddy. Uh, the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Titles are on the line as the Usos take on Shane McMahon and The Miz. Uh, Ginger, what do you got? Um. Adam, Adam just texted me, and I actually, yeah, Jesus. he actually said, totally random, the Bushwhackers. Wow. Okay, going on. Uh, totally random, but um, my personal pick, I'm going to go with the Usos, because Shane's going to turn heel. It does seem that's the way they're heading. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Usos to retain... Um, Jeff texted me again. Oh, boy. Uh, picks left and right here. He's going with the fabulous Rougeau brothers. <laughs> boy, you guys are making me spell some things tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how to spell that. <laughs> there's Close also enough. Of, there's also a lot of vodka in my system. Uh, me and, and Jason. Uh, the fabulous uh, rogues. <laughs> how do you spell Rougeau? It's R U J O S, I believe. R. No, that spells Rojos. <laughs> yeah, it works. All right, Jeff went with the fabulous Rolos brothers. <laughs> All right, uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line as the Revival take on Black O'Shea and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh, me and uh, Jason have gone with the revival retaining. I forgot to put that. Um, who do you got, uh, Ginger? 
I'm gonna go Gable and Rude. All right. I don't think they trust uh, the revival enough to hold them titles. And as we say on the rundown every week, fuck the revival. And Sal, uh, I think the revival retain here. I don't see them even really giving any thought into this match. Okay. Um. Oh. Text coming in from Adam. Uh, he says DIY. I think I think his might not have updated. So, mm. um, all right. So then we have a singles match between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. If Becky wins, she gets added to the WrestleMania Raw Women's Tag Title Match or Title Match. Sorry, not Tag Title. Uh, if Charlotte wins, she gets nothing. Uh, Sal, <laughs> your pick. Uh, as much as she's been hobbling along the past two months, I guess you got to pick Becky, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't have the girl. To. Literally, is is, <laughs> is on one leg and hasn't done more than an armbar in a month. But no, it's, it's gonna be Becky. That's all you need, uh, Ginger. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, wait, text message coming in from. Oh, dude, I don't understand why Adam keeps messaging all different people. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, weird. Um, Adam has picked the fabulous Mula. Okay. Uh, as for me, there's one person that can sell something. <laughs> Charlotte Flair. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. And then we have the, for no reason whatsoever, Shield <laughs> versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. Jason has gone with uh, Corbin and his flunkies. Uh, I have gone with the Shield because, of course, they're going to win. I don't know what Jason's thinking of this. I'm, I'm assuming Jason's thinking that one of the Shield members turns on one of the other ones. Uh, Ginger, what are you thinking? I'm with Jason on this one. Um, I think I really do think that Roman is going to turn heel on this. I think he's the last one that hasn't done it yet. So exactly, and it, it, it all, it's all going to culminate. And uh, Sal. Uh, I'm going with Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley. Even if no one turns heel, they'll put them over. All right. Fair enough. And what uh, probably won't be the main event. (laughs) Uh, The WWE Championship match between Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens. Sal, what you got? I'm going to say Bryan retains. All right. And Ginger? Oh, God. Um... Yeah, I'm going Brian. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Jason went with Brian. I went with Brian as well, most likely by evil shenanigans. Um, right, exactly. So um, that will do it for um, our Perfect Ten and our predictions. So now it's time to figure out what happens around your area. And Ginger, if you would be so kind. Absolutely. APW, one of my favorite companies, presents live professional wrestling Saturday, March 9th at the Newberry Port Elks Lodge, 25 Low Street in Newberry Port, Massachusetts. Sorry, Newberry. Messed that one up. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, for the matches, 
Um, the top match will be for the APW Heavyweight Championship. It is the Mass Hole. Mike McCarthy challenges the champion, Dynamite Danny Miles. That match is going to be amazing. Uh, and then for the f- first defense since winning the New England Championship match, uh, it's going to be Demon Ortiz versus the Punjabi Lion Robo. Um, Punjabi had to give up his title um, due to scheduling conflicts, so he's coming back to get his title back. Uh, APW Women's Championship match is on the line after Vanity Vixen just won it last month, and she is taking on Davian. APW Tag Team Champions at Nightbreed will defend the titles against the team of Bro, B-R-O, Channing Thomas, and Connor Davies. Cicero goes one-on-one with Ike. Travis Gillette takes on Royce Bishop. The new, newly formed group Redemption takes on American Maid in a match to determine the number one contender for the Tag Team Championships. All this and more. Get your tickets now. Reserved front row $20, which actually just sold out today. Reserved second row is still available online only for $15. Advanced general admission, $12, 15 at the door. Bell time is 6.30 p.m. All right, and Sal. Liberty States Wrestling presents 10-year anniversary show, Saturday, March 16th at the John E. McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. Ten years ago... They held their first show at the McCarthy School. Ten years later, still going strong. Join them for this sure-to-be-huge event of family-friendly pro wrestling action from the John E. McCarthy Elementary School. <laughs> the main event of, our, of the 10th anniversary show on March 16th will be two Liberty State stalwarts going for it. Uh, going for the heavyweight title as Vern Vikel defends against former champion Christian Casanova. Also, Robo the Punjabi Lion defends the No Limits Championship. The Opportunity Knox contract holder, Todd Sobel, will be in action. The Real Deal, Brandon Locke. And the return of D.L. Hurst. Setherin, fabulous Johnny Vegas, Vanny Vixen will go one-on-one with Nakomi Tala. And much more. Tickets are just all a general admission. Doors open at 6.30 with a bell time of 7. I guess I should have uh, read that beforehand because apparently Adam doesn't know how to write proper plugs. So, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, Also, do you ever think that, uh, you know, workers that hold championships and different things, have they ever shown up with the wrong championship belt? Do you think, like, Robo brings his No Limits championship? He's like, fuck, wrong bag. (laughs) Good question. Uh, I would hope not. (laughs) Promoting other people's companies. Yeah. The stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Friday, March 22nd for March Meltdown. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets are at ringside. $20 in advance. $16 purchase on BruceCityWrestling1.com using PayPal or $18 at the door. Then stay after the party with us at the Elks Lodge Family Fun for all ages. Already signed. Former BFFs collide as Beer City Bruiser takes on the Bruiser Nicolucci. Colucci, sorry. Uh, Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship will be on the line as the new champion Smiley Kylie Ray takes on Evil Sierra, Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azor, and Valentina Loca in a fatal four-way match. Brubaker with Angel Armani take on GPA, and Joe Alonso will take on CJ Esparza. 
More Phantom Money matches announced soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com. Uh, follow him on Twitter at BCW1 and Instagram, Bruce City Wrestling. Liberty States Wrestling, along with the Ring of Honor star Brian Malonis, in conjunction with the Pinkerton Academy Class of 2019, proudly bring pro wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire at 7 p.m. on March 30th at the Hackley Gymnasium on the campus of Pinkerton Academy. You can get your tickets on astromanialsw.com. Uh, general admission on the floor is $20. General admission on the bleachers is $15. If you purchase tickets online in advance, you'll get an early admission on the night of the event. The matches are as follows. Ring of Honor stars, the Bouncers, the Beer City Bruiser, and Brian Malonis will take on the Logan Brothers, Brian and Matt. Liberty States Wrestling Champion Vern Vicala will take on the Unequaled Asshole Todd Sopel. Not American Sweetheart Dave Yen takes on the Widow Belmont. Johnny Vegas uh, will face off against the King of Dad style Scotty Slade. Seth Rinrith, Fanny Davidson will take on Pinkerton alumni Bryce Clayton. Robo the Punjabi Lion is getting around, and he's going to be facing the son of all. Chase Del Monte will take on Nick D- Nick Nico Silva. Sorry, buddy. And more. But many more. Many more. Many, many more. But for us... That does it for the rundown for this Thursday, March 8th, 2019. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. I've been giving the wrong Twitter handle for the past month. I apologize. (laughs) Adam magically changed our Twitter handle, and it never got changed on the reads, and I just read what's in front of me. Uh, You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. That one didn't change. Email the show your dick pics via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash rundownwrestling. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. If you are that individual that left a voicemail in all Chinese, please let me know what you said. I do not understand or speak that language. Um, We are on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. All patrons receive early access to shows on the Rundown Fiend as well as some swag and some original content. If you are a $20 subscriber, you will get a t-shirt with our logo on it. So get over there. Yeah, it's a rundown t-shirt. It's not just like a random t-shirt that we stuck a sticker on. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's embroidered. Or not embroidered. It's screen printed, but whatever. Uh, Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for information on all of our great shows, such as the Nitromania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, Making the Grade, NXT Revisited, ROH Dishonor, Build This Charge, and WrestleMania Salvation. And check out our new section, The Archive, which I have been hard at work on getting all of our old episodes uh, um, on the website in order. Um, By this time tomorrow, we should have every single episode of WrestleMania Salvation, currently every episode of Making the Grade, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, um, and NXT Revisited are all on there, as well as every episode of Glow Stick, if that show ever comes back. Um, and soon enough, every episode of Nitromania will be on there, and uh, all of our, our of our previous run on episodes will eventually be on there. Starting way, or the the latest one I have is two ninety seven. Holy so I'm gonna try, shit! I'm going to try to see. Yeah, I've got a long way to go. I'm going to try to see if I can find some earlier than that. I know there might be out there on YouTube, and I might be able to rip them. But that's my my big next project. So. Make sure to continue to keep going to runonwrestling.com to listen to all of our shows, as well as vote on the Hottest Women Tournament. You can listen to our friends the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Go to facebook.com, slash the WPN, or the WPN.com. You 
can check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show Yesterland Waltz. Go to yesterlandwaltz.com or you can find it on your Roku through the RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. Follow our hosts on Twitter at jstewart0920 at rockstartroy at johnnyanalog. Sal. And at WrestleMania Sal. There you go. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Ginger. Thank you. I had fun tonight. Awesome. Good to hear. And thanks to Sal. Yeah, thanks, Troy. It's been a blast. Awesome. Next week, we continue to pleasure ourselves to pictures of beautiful women. But on top of that, we also are going to tell you our thoughts on Fastlane. Uh, So with that, any closing thoughts from you, Ginger? Um, I will not be here next week. Uh, actually, my wife will be giving birth to our second child. So, um, looking forward to it. Thank you very much. And, uh, so unfortunately I won't be here to give you my velvety tones of my voice, but, um, you know, hopefully the following week I'll be back and, uh, be able to get my input on stuff that you guys like to hear it on. You you join the ranks of uh, of people with multiple children on the show with, with me and Sal. So oh, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's, congrats, it's, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, Thank you. Um, and Sal, any closing thoughts? Hopefully, Fastlane will be watchable. <laughs> yeah. There we go. So again, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.